What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Power Stroke Tech Talk podcast. Minor adjustment. Um, welcome. We are here with returning guest, Mr. Cody. We are a little light number today, but we have Mr. Thomas Brown back, our uh, AMSOIL rep, who is back today, back tonight, back today, maybe for you, because this is Sunday when you're listening to it in the morning. We're going to talk about coolant and uh, it is something uh, that is kind of forgotten about uh, in our vehicles. Uh, people, uh, us, uh, even uh, us technicians uh, sometimes forget about coolants just taken uh, for granted at times. So uh, I'll be the first to um, uh, confess, you know, I, I, I often forget about coolant, you know, when, when uh, thinking about how vehicles are running, not more so when we have, you know, overheating problems and stuff, but just coolant. You know, we always remember changing the oil, but like I said, coolant goes forgotten about. So we're just going to shed some light on that this episode. And uh, for those of you that, again, who cannot check us out on YouTube and listen to us, uh, you know, not having the ability to shut us off in the background, check us out on Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, all the mainstream podcast apps so that you can be affluent in our discussions. Uh I have currently some things pulled up here on the old computer um, talking about, or not talking about, some on, on the motorcraft uh, side uh, of the fluids. But when we had our diesels, um, seven threes, Cody can, can rep for that. Uh, we have our six O's, then our six fours, our six sevens, and the ones they trickled in between, the ones I'm not a fan of. But all of these different models have different coolants, and can we mix them? Do you want to mix them? What are these new ones Ford has out right now? Uh, everybody, I don't want to say everybody, but I have gotten a lot of, of feedback and comments about, you know, hey, Ford's uh, gotten rid of this orange. I can't use orange anymore. What 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 is going on? What what is what is this? And you know now we it's you know true we are now using yellow. Um, I, I guess what would you would you say, Tom? That orange was just kind of phased out, I guess. Or I mean, well, it's uh, the you know it came into existence in the beginning of model year eleven uh, with the introduction of the six seven. Uh, so basically every six, seven that was produced starting in two, model year, 2011. So probably what the you know, summer, fall of 2010, mm -hmm. uh, when they would have you know, hit the lot, uh, those things came with, uh, orange coolant. Um, and then according to my handy dandy chart here, and this is what I'm referencing tonight, which is an actual motorcraft quick reference chart for coolant, um, Starting for F-250 through 550s, uh, starting on July 9th of 2018, uh, F-250 through 550s uh, switched over to yellow coolant. And then uh, pretty quickly thereafter, that same family of vehicles uh, you know, started switching over more and more of them to the new yellow coolant. And so... You know, sometimes companies don't always 
tell you why they're making a change, but you have to understand that if they're making a change, there's usually a performance reason associated with it. Uh, they found out that something wasn't working right with it or that they've got an, an option that's better, you know. Uh, but the one thing that I learned a long time ago when I first started messing with coolants is that part of what drives these changes is the fact that Ford and all the rest of these companies, they're selling automobiles worldwide. Um, and so while the, the, uh, the mechanical aspect of the vehicle might be identical or very similar where they sell it, um, what is not the same is water quality and water hardness all around the world. So even across the United States, we have vastly different uh, water quality uh, and water hardness levels depending upon where you are. Uh, and so that really drives the uh, performance and serviceability and life of these coolants depending upon what water it's mixed with. And so, you know, I'm in my mid fifties and I remember as a kid, you could not buy pre-diluted coolant. It just didn't really, matter. oh no. You bought concentrate every time you bought coolant um, and you would mix it with water right out of your hose, you know, garden hose or tap water or whatever. Um, and that's what you dealt with. But the service intervals on cooling systems back then was very short. Uh, but frankly, most people didn't do it until they had a breakdown. You know, a water pump went out, a radiator failed, or a heater core failed. And so you would change your coolant when you experienced one of those failures. Um, so, you know, I'm kind of jumping ahead here a little bit. Uh, but, you know, so in that held true all the way up through around, I'll go back and look at my chart here to make sure I got the date right. Uh, if you look at F-250 through 550 that were built at the Kentucky plant, which is probably a vast majority of the trucks that get sold in the United States, uh, they switched from green benzene coolant to uh, gold uh, in the model year 2002 Time frame, uh, you know, so sometime probably 01, 02 time frame, they switched from green to gold. Uh, so basically, every six liter that hit the dealer lot for model year 2002 was equipped with gold. Um, and seven threes had a mixture, depending upon if they were an early seven three or a late seven three, mm -hmm. they either had green conventional or gold. Yep. But Every six liter and every 6.4 uh, came from the factory with gold. And then every 6.7 starting in 11 had uh, the uh, orange. And then in the summer of 18, we start seeing that switch over to the new yellow. Um, so that's kind of a quick uh, history of that. I think the orange, just in my, <clears throat> in my, um, and experience and I don't know if other technicians out there or for other DIYers for, for that matter. Um, I think the orange is probably the most easiest to diagnose because it, it the snail trail of the dried crusty coolant that it leaves. It's, you know, almost I don't want to say hot pink, but it's I mean, it's almost like a powdery whitish pink you're like oh well shit 
well, I only can rank there. You know, it just it looks like a stalactite sometimes or stalagma, whatever, uh, crustified, you know, on, on top of the line. So, you know, ding, 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 where I That's can remember cool, back, back in the six liter days, you know, when they were still under warranty doing coolant repairs, I can remember forgetting an O-ring you know, and um, having to check uh, where the coolant was leaking. And, you know, it was so, it was so clear and, and gold. It was just, it was sometimes really hard to identify, especially if it was on an engine that you know, maybe wasn't clean and dry, you know, the engine had had oil residue and over it. And you're right. looking for this, this clear fluid, like a trickle, like, where is this, you know, just when I think back over my years, just, you know, you recapped, you know, the coolants over the, over the time frames. It's like, oh yeah, I remember them six O's. And now, you know, growing up with the, 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 the six sevens with the orange to pretty much early 2017, um, you know, shoot all the coolant leaks we've seen with radiators and and water pumps that tsb that they had out and and you know i had a one customer speaking about water pumps he had one particular truck it was just water pump after water pump after water pump and he um he was putting the water pumps on himself and the last couple of them he had me do he was always bringing the motorcraft parts he's like hey you know i got another water pump you know can you know, if I bring it to the shop, can you put a water pump on and, you know, you know, I'll pay for coolant and everything. I'm like, yeah, you know, sure. You know, bring your parts, you know, we'll put it on. Da, 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 da. And, you know, it's like, why is this guy failing water pumps over and over? And I don't know if it was just the, like you were explaining back in your day, uh, you know, you just get concentrated coolant. If this gentleman wasn't using uh, distilled water with his concentrated coolant, chemical composition he was mixing and, and 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 dumping in his truck like could that have an adverse effect on i mean that's not going to eat a bearing away or anything but like could it that wind up seal is pretty pretty delicate you know, could, that. could it be acidic and almost eat away or erode that that well ceiling surface maybe it's it's possible uh but one of the things that I've seen many times, I had friends in the army who were even mechanics in the army. This one guy one time, uh, and I asked him, he, he had experienced multiple heater core failures in his Chevy pickup. And he and I had trucks that were almost exactly the same. Same year, we both had a lot of miles on them. And he'd gone through like three or four heater cores. And we've lived in the same part of the country. So I'm, I'm like, Look, I, I, you know, our trucks are basically the same and we both drive them about the same. And I've never experienced it. What are you doing? <laughs> he was never changing the coolant. And so even when he would replace the heater core, all he would do was add back just enough coolant to replace what he lost. And I have no idea what he was adding. You know, was he going to the store buying the cheap conventional stuff when he should have been using in a GM vehicle? He should have been using deck school you know, unless he had done a complete flush out on it. Uh, and so I think there's just this big myth or, you know, mystery about coolants. Uh, I agree. And, and so, uh, and, and unfortunately, uh, for people who are new to the diesel world, or maybe they've been in the diesel world for a while, but they've never been responsible for maintenance of them. 
um, worldwide, uh, all diesel engines wrote, lumped into a group. So we're talking industrial engines, commercial engines, you know, automotive engines, all diesel engines. Half of them die prematurely because of a cooling system problem. Uh, either because it was neglected or it was somebody did something to it and they didn't use the right product. So basically half of all your diesel engines die because of a cooling system problem. And that's all avoidable. Heat, you know? heat, got to keep that, that circulating through. So, and, and that's the other thing. I, especially new customers, uh, new, new diesel owners with especially six, seven trucks or modified older trucks. I'm like, look, that vehicle that you're driving that's making basically 500 horsepower and 1,000 foot-pounds of torque, I said, it's burning a hell of a lot of fuel to make that kind of power. You have to. And all of that fuel getting burned generates an incredible amount of heat. Just open the hood on that truck someday, you know, especially after you've been towing hard with it or something and see how much heat is coming through there, you know, and... That's why I call these six sevens. They have a they have a primary and a secondary cooling system. Um, also, take a look and see how many additional coolers are being cooled, or components are being cooled by that coolant. We got a fuel cooler, we got a charge air cooler, we got a transmission cooler, we got the engine. Uh, what else? I'm missing something. I mean, there's transmission. I mean, basically everything is getting cooled and it's all getting cooled by uh, coolant. You know, there's the only thing that's getting cooled by air anymore is the radiator itself. Pretty you know, much. On the, older, on the older trucks, you had a air to air intercooler. But now on the 6.7, you've got a, a water to air intercooler. And so we've even, add, oh, the EGR cooler as well. I forgot the EGR cooler, you know. So you got all these heat producing devices that are moving heat in the coolant. And so that coolant has got to be maintained in a very high level uh, for it to survive. And most people don't. And, and I think so, for the guys, too, I'm sorry to interrupt you. I think for the guys too that that have, you know, oh, I got that, you know, I know I got that radiator seat, but I, I just keep adding coolant to it. Well, it is so crucial for us, for our trucks to maintain proper cooling system pressure and to avoid these thermal spikes of, of, of the vehicle, uh, for the most part, overheating while it's sitting still, but it's not overheating. It's just, it's got this wide range of temperature that it's not accustomed to, to be working in. And then, then it's going to affect your regen because there's a certain temperature range the engine has to be in when to order in right. order to conduct regen. And it's just, it's going to be a snowball effect and it all comes back down to cooling system maintenance and i was seeing that so much with six fours and the six fours and the thermostat sticking open and then i can't get into region and then my region my, my dpf's plugging up and then these guys are flipping out because they got to replace this 1800 filter and why da 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 and it's all stemmed from you know the cooling system and the truck not being able to maintain that cooling system pressure and it knows that because the pcm is programmed to look at all these different inputs all that stuff right you know and you know little simple things too i remember years ago 
during and this, I think this was during the six liter era. Uh, Ford had a whole bunch of bad radiator caps, you know, and they wouldn't go bad immediately. And they wouldn't just start puking out uh, coolant overnight, but they would very, and it was worse. They would very slowly leak pressure. Uh, and as they got a little bit older and a little bit older, they would leak a little bit more. But then it would also, as you're driving it, it would start leaking coolant out a very small amount. And so it was so slow that most people didn't even notice it until they were probably a gallon low. Um, you know, and then with being a gallon low, now like you talked, we've got erratic uh, cooling system performance. And so then we get into all kinds of weird things. You know, we get cavitation because now I'm getting uh, air bubbles exploding in the front cover, mm -hmm. you know. And so uh, EGR coolers not performing like they're supposed to because they're low on uh, the, the fluid level. And so, yeah, cooling system maintenance is, I mean, I'm an oil guy. I like to sell oil, but I spend more time talking about coolant and cooling systems than I do oil. And yeah, there's a reason for that. It's for, it's definitely forgotten about because yeah. it's, you know, six gallons of fluid that is put into the truck that you kind of don't look at. Well, and maybe hit the bottle. Ago, and You mentioned a minute ago about your, as a technician, the fact that you liked orange. Uh, but I'll tell you from a owner perspective or a guy who works with owners all the time uh, I was not a big fan of it because it required a lot of testing and supplementation with the revitalizer and anytime you increase the complexity of a system so in this case a cooling system people are going to ignore it because they don't understand it and so because I would and the other problem I had all the time is I would tell people who had a relatively new vehicle you know so starting in 11 and newer uh, i'd say hey go back to the dealer and get the test strip get the rotunda test strip and get the revitalizer and follow the instructions that are in your owner's manual and probably 75 percent of the time these people if they called me back they would call me back and say my dealer doesn't have the test strips or the revitalizer <laughs> and the parts guy looked at me like I was speaking a foreign language, you know, what did you say? We don't have that. What are you talking about? We don't have those things and wouldn't even go through the effort of looking them up and ordering them. You know, it's like, well then, so if the parts guy doesn't know about it, then you know, the service guys are not using them, you know? And so that was a big problem with the, uh, you know, six sevens is that the, even when the owners would go back to try to figure out, Hey, I, I've got an idea now of how I'm supposed to do this. They couldn't get the the parts and the chemicals that they needed to maintain it. So that was a major frustration, and so we ended up changing a lot of coolant unnecessarily uh, to a different product just so that they could maintain their system. So. I remember back in the 2000s when i was growing up in the diesel game and it was you know six six sevens the seven threes and yeah. you know doing doing the cooling systems on those and you know make sure you get the the cooling system additive and right. you know it was yeah. always that 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 blue color and you know i always liked the color 
of that stuff and it was you know it was just something i never forgot and every time you did a you know coolant flush or did a you know big repair or something that you know required you to drain most majority of the coolant it was you know let me get that you know that little thin tall bottle with the little with the little tiny lid break that 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 foil seal and glub 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 into the into the uh you know degas bottle but um I think I've done when I when I when I go back to six seven and and when you were talking the revitalizer uh, with with the test strips I think I've done I've done a good amount of of testing um, and I've added a revitalizer quite a few times but I think I've done more just drain and fills right. or excuse me pulling out the <clears throat> block heater element and the oil cooler inlet hose off the uh, oil cooler. Draining both both block uh, sides of the block, uh, doing the same with the radiator, and um, you know being pretty successful in getting oh, the majority yeah. of it out. You know, I mean, I'm not if getting you do all, all three of, it of those. Out. You're gonna get you're gonna get basically probably over ninety percent. Yeah, because it's real easy. If on, uh, I don't know if another if other guys techs out there, you know, feel free to chime in because um, you know all all the little things that we learn, we like to you know, try to get out to you guys. But, you know, if you're doing a flushing a heater core, what I found that worked really, really, really well. And uh, kudos to my coworker, uh, Uncle Bobby B. He just got this uh, the, uh, this kit from Matco and it looked like a, a water cannon, you know, had a, had, a, had a pullback handle. You screwed on the water hose, you coupled on your air line, and it had, um, you know, it had, uh, it, it looked like this and it had steps on it that you could, you know, put the size hose on it. But if you had a bigger hose, you could go farther up right. and depending on what hose or contraption you had, you I could hook three quarters or one inch. Or right. Yeah. You could hook it right up to the heater core. So what I did, I had to do a, a short block in a, a vehicle that had uh, oil in the coolant guy didn't want me to pull his dash. He said, just flush out the heater core as best you can. So I took out the fender liner, took off both hoses off the heater core, got new bulk hose, hose clamped it, hose clamped it, got a, a big Rubbermaid uh, container and set like right on top of the spring pocket frame valve cover area and lowered down the cab just uh, enough to where I could get the hose to dunk in the, in the bucket. And then I got my, his contraption and slowly cracked it open and gave it air. And I was super impressed with how this, I think, what do you say? It cost 60 bucks. And it had some other attachments that you could, you know, rig up to whatever you're doing, but it was slicker than shit, man. I was really pleased. Uh, I took it off this one, put it on the other hose, went back the other way, flush it out that way, went back this way, flush it out this way. Back flushing is always the best. Yeah, and it was really, really good. And I, it, it came out nasty, and then it kept getting clearer and clearer and clearer. But the one thing I have used in the past that I didn't get to use a whole lot of was the VC9. Have you heard of the VC9? the iron and cooling system cleaner it works right. really really well if any of you guys want to do you know a cooling system you know flush on your truck and don't have a machine if you guys uh drain it we have we you know that might be a video that we could we could make or i could make um uh, anybody in my area looking for a cooling system flush 
um, if you want to get down on a, on a potential video, let me know, because this would be a good procedure for for ones to, to know uh, using VC9. And, uh, you know, say you got some rusty, you know, scale buildup or something in the cooling system or that radiator was nasty, had, you know, did you have some oil in the coolant and caught it just in time and it wasn't yogurt? Um, VC9 works real well. And I've also found um, Simple Green to actually work exactly. really well simple green. work really well um, simple green dawn disoap combo is what i really like to use when i have my fuel system contaminations and clean out the tank clean out uh, uh pretty much just a tank uh, or the def tank depending on where's the contamination goes um <clears throat> but uh, getting back to the vc9 um the the uh revitalizer I think, well, I know the VC9 is iron system cleaner, but uh, I think I've used the VC9 product in the 6.7s more than the revitalizer. I think the revitalizer is kind of something that's like... Um, well, and it's going away now because you don't use it with the yellow. Right. And I, uh, where's that thing he just had pulled up here? Cody just sent this to me. So there is an SSM that uh, we had we had just got out uh, at the dealer a little while ago, and it talks about all the newer vehicles from 2018. It kind of goes back with with what Tom was talking about, um, just based on the coolant time timeline he was talking about and yeah, it says yeah. yeah it says the 2018 expedition navigator 2018 to 2019 f super duty and the 2019 e-series f650 750 vehicles built on or after july 9th of 2018 and 2019 F-150 transit vehicles built on or after January 2nd of 2019 are now filled with the new Motorcraft yellow antifreeze coolant. When servicing these cooling systems on these vehicles, make sure to use the Motorcraft yellow antifreeze VC-13G. Do not mix the different colors or types of coolant. Note, and this is something that I get called out on or somebody's gonna poke out and oh well you're a lion da, 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 da. note the motorcraft yellow antifreeze coolant may appear green in color due to the fluorescent dye used trust me my folks a, my son has a brand new 21 trust me my, it's funny you mentioned that my son has Mustang GT performance pack great car I, I can't hear that. I can't hear that well. Oh, my, I said my son go. has a brand new 21 Mustang GT. Uh, he was at my house today helping me move some stuff. So, I mean, he's got like 800 miles on the car. So we pulled the hood. But we Heck yeah. Do, you know? And uh, so we're checking everything over. And I'm looking at the coolant recovery tank. And I'm like, I know the thing has yellow in it. But I'll be damned if that doesn't look green. Uh, and so Doesn't I'm glad to hear you say that because they, they, they must be putting dye in it or, 
but there was something about the plastic of the tank that was making it appear uh, real light green. But I'm like, I know this car has yellow cooling in it. It's funny. When you pour it from the jug into the degas bottle, it almost looks like it almost looks like you're pouring liquid refrigerant dye. Like you're just like it looks iridescent as it's going in. So yeah, it's it's uh, weird when we first started using it, and we filled it up. We're like, dude, I don't know, man. This says yellow on the bottle, but that's not that yellow, yellow in there, dude. <laughs> it's like, so no, that's cool. I don't I know. I, I picked up another a uh, there was another TSB type product that I got oh it was on the April, dated April of 2020 talking about backwards compatibility of mm. yellow that's what we were trying uh, to find yeah and so what it basically says is that you can anything that was originally filled with orange can now be serviced or completely replaced with yellow so or topped off with right so topped off service okay, okay. or or service uh, right okay okay so so if the car came with orange or vehicle came with orange and you need to top off or service or completely replace you can do that with yellow so you can end up with a yellow orange mixture but for any vehicle that came from the factory with yellow those do newer vehicles not do don't that add orange. don't add orange don't add revitalizer and the other thing I found was there was a testing document telling you which test strips to use. No kidding. Which, yep. And which flushing products to use. No kidding. Uh, per coolant usage or per yeah. vehicle? Per coolant usage. Really? So, Interesting. Here. So where it shows yellow, orange, that was the Mazda green. And then here's gold. And then here is old conventional green. Yep. So what I'm going to talk about next is here on the yellow, but I got to turn it back so I can see it. Um, so you can use the AccuStrip three-way uh, heavy-duty antifreeze coolant test kit, uh, the little test strips. Mm -hmm. You can use that on yellow, but the only thing you're doing is testing for nitrate concentration. That's it. That's it. It's not going to tell you anything else about uh, the pH level or your freeze boil protection. Um, and then there's a corrosion kit uh, for your extended life coolants. And you can use that, let's see, but only for 11 through 19 Super Duty F-Series. Uh, yeah, so only for diesel. Um and then you use VC1. You do not use the VC8 revitalizer. And you can use VC9, which is the iron block cleaner, uh, when the shop manual calls for it, basically when the system is dirty and needs it. And then, no, I'm sorry, VC8 
was your old SCA, the old supplemental coolant additive. BC9 is the iron cleaner and BC12 is the revitalizer. Uh, but you only use the revitalizer with yellow uh, if, on, if, if it was on a diesel and you have created a mixture. So if you have an 11 through 18 truck, diesel truck that came from the factory with orange and you have done a drain and fill and you fill it back up with yellow. And so now you theoretically have like a 50-50 mixture of old orange uh -huh. and new yellow, then you could still use revitalizer to revitalize that mixture because that mixture still has the orange in it. So, but I would probably do a complete flush and get it all out of there and just go straight to yellow. I want to ask you a question. If an individual was to do a test and got a low nitrate level, would that be a cause for alarm? And they're checking this in their six, seven. So I guess we need to break down what somebody's question is going to be. And it's like, well, I bought these test strips and I checked my nitrate level. And according to the strip, it's low. Do I change my coolant or not? Well, what does nitrate level mean? Nitrate additive in the cooling system is going to is a is a, a corrosion inhibitor, correct? And uh, and yeah, nit nitrate is a. I'm I'm just going back here because I don't deal with nitrates very much because I use fully organic coolants and everything. But so just going to pull back up the definition of why are nitrates in coolant. So nitrate is a vital component in older conventional fully formulated antifreeze and is used to prevent liner pitting. So see, that's one of the things that people get confused about a lot is that they think they need to run a heavy duty coolant in these, any of these, whether it's a 6973, uh, 6064, None of those, by definition, are a heavy-duty engine. They are all a light-duty engine being used in a super-duty truck. And one of the definitions for that is the fact that they do not have removable cylinder liners. They are a piston-in-bore uh, design, and so they don't have a wet sleeve. Now, if you jump over to a commercial diesel engine, you know, whether that's a Cummins or a Caterpillar or whatever, Mm -hmm. And when you pull the cylinder head off of one of those, and then you're going to do a rebuild on it, and one of the first things that happens is that you pull the sleeve out of that block. So when they talk about uh, cavitation, uh, in, in most sense, they're talking about uh, there's an additive that gets in, and we're talking about nitrate, uh, that, so they're using different additives in the coolant to prevent cavitation from eroding the wet side of that liner. Because uh, those little air bubbles will get up against the wet side of the liner, the, the side that the coolant is cooling, and they will explode. And when they explode, they take, they're like little grenades going off. 
Yep. They take pieces of the cylinder liner with them. And so then the liner will eventually pit out and you'll get coolant leaking into the cylinder uh, because of cavitation. Or in our case, uh, I mean, I don't know if Cody has seen many, but I have seen uh, quite a few 6.4 cavitated uh, front covers front right covers behind. Because they would, yep, they would lose coolant yep. and the, uh, the coolant level would get low uh, because of the coolant loss. And so then you have the water pump impeller. Uh, sometimes you'll pit out the water pump because yeah. the water pump impeller when it comes to the top, there's not enough fluid in there to completely fill it. And so there's an air cavity in the top of the water pump impeller area. And so it's grabbing air bubbles or it's grabbing air when it's turning and it's pulling that air back down into the cooling system and forcing those air bubbles through the system. Damn, that would be cool to have like a, a Gale Banks rear diff cover that was clear and have like a a clear front cover and like clear water pump and you could see like that whole action. Like that would be sweet to see because I mean, I'm picturing totally what he's just explaining in my head and it's that's exactly what's happening. And to try to try to make that point or to explain that to the customer um, that this is happening and all this coolant has now over time been getting into your crankcase and has now wiped out a bunch of lubricating components All your and are gone. Uh, now cylinders two and eight are gone and you got a rod hanging out the side of your block and the rest of the parts in there waving at you so your five dollar radiator cap oh man do you guys get the point how important cooling is it is, uh, I can't stress enough that uh, it, it's definitely something forgotten. Um, and it's just, hey, drain and fill, or how Matt says, uh, Matt says spill and fill. Spill and which, fill. Which is basically what we do. I really, even with trans, and dudes are calling me out on, on trans services because I'm not using the trans machine and I'm not flushing the torque converter. And this is, I do not like using the machines. Okay. I don't care. I, I do not like using the machines. I haven't had a bad experience. I don't, I just don't like using them, draining them and filling them is going to be just fine. And if you stay on top of it, there's going to be no need for you to flush it all out. You're going to be replacing the majority of all the fluid and do it twice. You'll be fine. It's, you know, something that's silly. You can do if you're, if you're at home doing your own oil changes you know damn well you don't need a hoist to lift this thing up. You slide on your back, do your oil change, you do your fill filters. You guys all know you got extra parts in your truck and you're doing them on the side of the road. Take the 20 minutes, take the half hour. Listen to my podcast. Listen to our podcast on Sunday. Pick a nice clean area and just drain your coolant. Have the front going, drain the front. I'll put a link in the description to the two videos, the three videos, because I cover 11 through 16, and then I cover 17 through current model year because the secondary drains just a wee bit harder. And just drop both your coolants. While those front boys are going, come back to the back 
and take off that hose we were just talking about off the oil cooler. And then if you feel tickled, I'll link the other video in the description. You can bust out the block heater element and let that drain out. And you really have gotten all of the coolant. I don't remember. Isn't it like seven and a half gallons, like total capacity for six, seven? I, all... six, sevens, I always measure it in quarts because that's how it is in our lookup guide. It's about 42 quarts total, primary and secondary. And that's about 30 and 12, I think it is, 30 primary and 12 secondary. But there's a few minor differences throughout the model years. That's a lot of coolant, guys. Oh, it's a I, shitload of coolant. I know when I was at the dealer, I'd charge out eight gallons. That's a lot Ish. of coolant, especially if you're doing an engine, like you're putting in a long block or you're doing a short block. I mean, you can keep filling and filling. And I want to know. Fill. I want to know <laughs> right here. I want to know how many. Uh, DIYers is not really a question for you because you guys don't have these tools. How many techs out there are using the airlift systems to fill these diesels? I am not one of them. I do not use the airlift fill to fill these. I do not use the rad kits to fill them. Only the EcoBoosts the diesel F-150, the transit diesels, and any four cylinders that I work on. I have had no issues whatsoever in my years of experience working on any of Ford's diesels, super duties, and I've had them overheat. I always, always, if I ever do any repair, if it's an engine, if it's a water pump, if it's an EGR cooler, if I drain the cooling system, I fill the bottle all the way to the top. I will take that vehicle and I will go and I will drive it. When I come back, that coolant level is now all the way down into the cool zone. The cool zone after I got done driving it. You're like, going to be what? Go back the next morning, check my coolant cap or check my cooling cap, check my cooling system. And that cooling system has now stabilized and is right now, right where it should be in the cold level range. And I've had no issues. I want to know out there, let us know in the description or in the comment section, how many dudes out there are using the airlift. And if you guys aren't using the pre-diluted are you using distilled water or are you using the garden hose? Come on. I know it's a pain to get distilled. What are you guys using? I want to know. I use the airlift. Would you say, I wonder, is the airlift faster? Yes. I can have a coolant filled in about five minutes. Because it's pulling all the the air out of the system using vacuum, right? Yep. Yep. So that probably would be the one advantage, Aaron, of, of the airlift system is that you could probably get yeah. the system stabilized quicker. Now, I have had somebody tell me, and I did try it. So I had to do a block heater element, and somebody suggested that I use the airlift 
on it, pull a vacuum on it, and then pull the element out, and it'll kind of, right. you, you know, the whole, you know what I mean? Avalanche of, of and it, 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 it really worked. I couldn't I remember who commented that, it. Um, I did, but I don't think that one I used the airlift. Um, Cornwell sells a tool that's for... specifically for removing parts. It pulls. Really? It just I've keeps got... a continuous vacuum on yeah. it? Yeah. Oh. I guess it pulls a larger vacuum, I guess. Really? It just affixes to the degas bottle cap? or that... Just like the airlift. Just like the airlift does. Oh, wow. I've got the Cornwall kit where it had, uses different caps for the different systems. Mine's the snap-on. It's got the little rubber donuts that you like, you stick in the hole and you like screw the little collar down that makes like the thing inside bigger and just kind of. That's, that's what I use on power steering. Mm. Okay. Okay. I see what you mean. I see what you mean. I have not had as many six, seven radiators as I did in the very beginning fail when i think back to like when the 11s came out 12s 13s and we were doing radiators radiators i mean just rate just it seemed like every truck that came would be like ah, i'm not even gonna pull it in go out and look get driver side just pissing when i think now aluma duties maybe a handful not nearly as many radiator or expansion tanks on the side as the ones previous you know that mounts changed the what changed oh the mounts changed cab mounts changed oh did they between the aluminum duties and the metal ones did they much flex maybe i noticed when i down here cab mounts go out yearly almost what yeah florida might as well just put some hockey pucks in there or something because <laughs> cam outs cam outs don't last <laughs> but every radiator i did on a six seven the cam outs were toast wow it was always the driver's side cab starts flexing around and it's twisting the radiator and well you know it I'll 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 uh, give props to my man Bill down in uh, Buford, uh, Georgia. He did a, a really great video, and I I've referenced it uh, when talking to customers. Uh, he had a really really great uh, explanation uh, when he was talking about the Mishimoto radiators in in a six four one. I think it was the particular video that I was watching, and he had brought up a good point that the where these radiators are actually mounted on the course port. And where it goes down, right by the headlights, when you go up these driveways, these big curbs, and I mean, it's a truck. Sometimes people don't, you know, creep, you know, creep up, boom, boom. When you get that front flexing and that radiator is mounted, oh, it's doing exactly that. And what do you think? Then tiny little seam gaskets between that aluminum and that plastic end tank are doing. It's just going to start. Well, and then you got crusty inside of it trying to force its way out. So as soon as you put 
and you've got pressure from the inside, sooner or later, something's going to give. You know? so. Yeah, it's, 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 uh... you know, you, Aaron, you made a good point, though, about distilled water, to go back for a second. And a lot of people don't understand why. Why do I need to use distilled water when I'm buying a concentrated coolant? Because uh, it's healthy? Well, if you don't use distilled water, your system is still going to cool. Uh, and it's going to cool basically the same. What will happen, though, is that your coolant life will be cut uh, short uh, by a significant amount because the first thing your new coolant has to do when you use tap water is it has to go in there and soften that hard tap water. Whereas if you use distilled water, it's basically already soft. Uh, and so then your coolant has a much longer life uh, for that piece of the active package. Uh, didn't ask it to go to work immediately, softening the water that you brought in there. And so that's why it's uh, important. If you want to get basically the advertised life out of that coolant water and, and when you buy pre-diluted uh 50-50 coolant it's already mixed with distilled water so um for that very reason. Uh, we can talk about it uh now <clears throat> because uh, when this airs this video will already be out i have a very very important upcoming video um, uh, big kudos to Mario Brothers for providing the needed uh, materials to make this video possible. The biggest reason why guys do not use stop leak Ooh. in your cooling system. I have been presented um, a transmission cooler off of a 20, 2015 uh, F350 uh, with about 120 thou. And he bought this used and is, is loving it. And notice when he was towing, he was getting about 230, getting 240 on his trans temp. And he's like, oh man, I don't think this is good. And immediately after, you know, he went, he went back home and started having some three, four shift problems. Um, I forgot what the next chain of events was, but he wound up adding an auxiliary cooler that was not forward and kind of bypassing this one because he doesn't know what's going on. And uh, the temperature started coming down, make a long story short, took the filter off, blew through it, and nothing was blowing out the other end. So we uh, brainstormed, he got one, made a hell of a difference, uh, 190 degrees till I think it was like 210 when he was towing. Um, but I was able to cut it open in half with a chop saw and was able to actually see when you held it sideways, all of the perforated holes in there, I was just wiping the rubber, the the material of the stop leak right out of the grooves of where it was stuck in the trans cooler. Unfortunately, the 
problem was too far gone and he ultimately wound up having to replace the transmission. And what we think happened is he wound up overheating it and there's no way that the trans should be rolling at 245, 250 degrees, uh, especially towing. So um, if you're doing that to the transmission, there's other cooling system components in that circuit. You have your charge air cooler. He's now getting a code for charge air cooler efficiency. He's going to have to go upstream and he's going to have to replace his charge air cooler. What's the other thing in that circuit? He has that and the fuel cooler. And it, it, I mean, when you talk about cooling system contamination, I think oil in the coolant is by far the worst. But don't be a silly dum-dum and induce a problem into your truck by using stop leak. My question is, why are you putting stop leak in the secondary system on a 6.7 anyway? It was a, a, a he bought it uh, at an auction. It was the oh, I know, but <laughs> previous owner. I mean, that system doesn't even touch the engine. You know? Yeah, being being but that same problem that you just silly. described though is uh, killed a lot of oil coolers in six O's. Big time. People would would because that very same concept of those little tiny holes in the oil cooler will fill up with either stop leak or casting sand or deteriorated coolant. You know, all the above. Same thing that happens in AC. I won't touch AC if it's had stop leak in it. It's yep. All or nothing. I've never heard of that. ACs has stop leak yeah, too. Stop yeah, leak. No you gotta be way. careful. You gotta, you gotta be careful of that stuff. And condenser in them. So hold on. Now, how you're gonna have to put that through the ports, right? Yep. Comes in with a, a small freon charge. Get out of here! I've never, I never a knew lot, there was such a thing. A lot of that AC Pro crap, the big cans that. Oh, yeah. A lot yeah, of it yeah, has yeah. stop leak in it yep. so already. Steel conditioner, stop leak, and freon, and, and oil. All in one can. Sounds All too good fixes, to be true. Fixes everything. Oh, for goodness sakes. I had a set of gauges ruined because of that. Really? And the dealership oh. wouldn't pay for it. And then throw some dye in there, too. You know? mm. Well, gents, this was... Uh, Definitely some good talk about coolant. Um, I want everybody to uh, really stay engaged with this particular episode. Um, you know, in the comment section, uh, whether it be uh, for 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 Tom, Cody, or myself, uh, regarding some questions about cooling system, uh, I really want to know uh, what your your plans are for your cooling system did you guys not know about distilled water and the concentrated mix did you not know that ford has pre-diluted do you not use motorcraft do you stick with something that you guys are familiar with um i know there are a couple of different orange ones uh what's the one with the z Zer Zer zurich I, I use that in my truck the red cummins Zerk. Yep pre-charged that yeah um kind of looks like that stuff right there right yeah like right there in that bottle he's drinking it right now folks um, <laughs> um a lot of people have used cat elc over the years yep life yep yep uh, i've heard of that too i've so heard of I it try to get everybody to go to now too is just 
jump over because all of these other coolants are some type of a hybrid uh, and they're a hybrid of a combination of inorganic and organic salt technology and the simplest thing to do is jump over all of that and just go to a fully organic coolant and I don't know why Ford hasn't done that I'm sure it's money because it probably costs a little bit more and they're buying millions of gallons of coolant every year so mm. but for the individual owner just jump to a fully organic coolant and you eliminate a lot of this problem. So. Healthy coolant, healthy oil, yep. and oh my gosh, healthy fuel system. Fuel. I don't even care about the coolant. I don't even care about the oil. I want healthy fuel for God's sakes. Change your fuel filters, new to your pets. Make sure to like, comment, sub, share. And, uh, if you guys got any questions, make sure to reach out to us. We had fun. Thanks so much, you guys. We'll catch you next time.